Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Islanders country, hello. This is the Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by the Fan Sided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono. Follow me on Twitter at Isles Fix and subscribe to our Monday through Friday Islanders newsletter. And I'm joined once again by our full-time recurring guest, the man that I am sure bet Brock Nelson to win the accuracy contest, uh, Mr. Andy Francis. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. I, uh, I I wouldn't be so surprised that uh, Brock could win something like that. I mean, he he's picked corners for years now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And also, on top of that, you've seen strange people win strange contests during the All-Star Skills Competition. We've seen random players win those random events. Then they're never to be heard from again. You see Dylan Larkin break the fastest skater record, and then he couldn't even crack 14. You never know. You never know. It's fun to see. I'm sure the uh, you know NHL uh, media kind of just you know was hoping it was a McDavid show for that one, which he did put on a show. Um, but, uh, but he didn't. He really out. didn't win, though. I mean, Nelson didn't win the traditional contest. Like the McDavid went eight for eight. Right. That, that like is the winner seconds. of the actual. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. You know, the All Star Skills Competition used to be the same competitions. And then those records had to be beaten. Yeah. Now they've just randomly decided to change it where they do these two guys sh- shooting at the same time, which was never customary. Well, listen, we'll, we'll get more into the all-star skills competition and uh, some Why? other things a little Who bit later in the show. No, I think, cause listen, I wasn't sure what kind of show we were going to have, what kind of news we were going to have. I'm going to go heavy <laughs> on all-star weekend. Um, but of course we're joining you here on a Sunday night um, ahead of the Grammys, uh, you know, pulling Andy away from the Grammys uh, live red carpet, I'm sure, to talk oh, yeah. about this Bo Horvat extension. Um, super excited about it getting done. A lot of people were misconstruing uh, my thoughts last week um, when I was talking about the extension and overall my my feelings towards it because I felt 
that if they got the deal, it was going to happen right here in this week here period. And what happened on Sunday was going to happen. But was I going to be nervous if they started playing games, not knowing how things were going to work out, getting closer to the deadline, waiting to see where the team was in the standings? You bet I was worried about that. I wanted it to happen. I wanted it to happen now. I thought the honors were going to give their best final offer um, at this point. And what it took pretty much um, probably everything Corvette's camp wanted eight years, eight and a half million dollars. They offered them the extra year um, by able to, um, you know, being their own player and eight and a half million dollars, probably uh, better than Bo thought he maybe could do in the open market uh, if he tested free agency. So you complained like Veruca from Willy Wonka and then you got what you want. You got it now. That's what you did. The golden egg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Now, right now I I wasn't, all I said was it was universally agreed upon. If they don't re-sign him, it's a disaster. And let's just talk about in the event that they do re-sign him, how do we feel? Just because I feel like that was the most productive. And it turns out I was correct that it is the most productive because had we spent all that time talking about it, it would all apply to did. the current circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I think, um, you know, something that he said during all the all-star interviews, and I mean, for someone like myself who needs to follow all this stuff closer than uh, even a pretty diehard Islanders fan, the amount of interviews the guy did, he was everywhere with the Canadian media, media all descending on Sunrise, Florida, and that story just happening. Um, you know, he had to answer a bunch of the same questions a billion different times. But the way he kind of said, you know, it felt right. You know, it felt right to be wearing this jersey. I was like, eh, this guy's signing. Like that's a that's an interesting type of comment to make if you're you're not uh, not feeling it a little bit. So definitely, I think things were were pulling in that direction. Maybe a tip of the cap to uh, Brock Nelson and the Nelson family. Maybe getting in him and his wife's ear. He had the family down there in Florida talking about all the virtues of of Long all Island right. and Garden City. And okay. hey, don't listen to what Andy Francis says about the Islander fans. You know they, they're hey, great hey, people. You, need, you love it there. <laughs> I think don't you. Don't you start misconstruing me now. <laughs> Should we address that? Should we? Address no, we'll get, we'll get into that. But, you know, here, but listen, once the Islanders made the decision that, listen, they're going for it. And I was thinking about this before we came on, right? A lot of the talk was, are they going to retool, retool, uh, rebuild? This is a bit of a reload, right? Like they're just building on top of the core team they have um, and probably are not going to um, sell any parts of this certainly during this season and they'll see and deal with whatever cap space they have to maneuver in the off season. It's not a perfect roster, especially when you consider Oliver Wallstrom's injury, Clutterbuck's injury. That's why you have Josh Bailey. Uh, looks like he's going to get the first crack on the top line alongside uh, Horvat and Barzell. That's why Ross Johnston uh, potentially is mixed into the lineup and at least until Hudson Fashing's a hundred percent. But you're excited about the Islander team. And regardless of how this year finishes, and maybe people don't want to hear that right now, regardless of how these next 30 games go, there's going to be some optimism and excitement heading into next year, I think, no matter what, um, based upon the fact that he signed, just like they would have been if Thomas Vanek would have signed all those years ago. So uh, kudos to Lou going all in. Got his guy. Yeah. I mean, kind of like what I had said about if you have Pulak, Pelik, Sorokin, and Barzal at their ages – you know, you're almost kind of committed to doing something like this because you don't have time to wait five years for Ratu and five years for any other prospects who may take time. It's just unfortunate that it's, you know, does the rest of the team have, you know, this is contingent on them being kind of right there. Are they right there? 
you know, and I guess time time will tell to see how the team responds and if adding a new ingredient will kind of kick the team into another gear. Seems like they kind of been, uh, you know, stuck on gear two on a five five speed bike most of the season. Maybe this will throw a little jolt into the system. I guess time will tell. We'll see if this does it soon. If this doesn't, what does? I mean, Matt Barzell at practice, uh, after practice, after the extension was announced, said, you know, this is kind of the spark this team has been missing. Um, and you could ask, you know, what what more did this team need to, as motivation beyond, you know, the way last year happened. But it is what it is. And, you know, if, if, uh, if the front office and ownership making the commitment to this type of move in season and then offering that kind of an extension, eight and a half million dollars over eight years, you know, if that's not going to light a fire under the team, nothing, nothing would. And, and we've talked about this next five game stretch, this back to back coming up Monday, Tuesday, Flyers and, and Kraken. Uh, there's an opportunity to collect some games and really get some mojo going. And listen, there's a lot of teams in every sport that will go on a run uh, that are average teams that can pick up and start to be that crescendo at the right time. And this 30 game window is really, you know, that would that could define the season. We can forget about everything that happened pre the Bo Horvo trade. You know, our hopes are thinking about this and um, our wishful thinking. There'll actually be a game on Monday night and we'll start to see this kind of see how it plays out. But there is a real opportunity here and a lot of excitement. And hopefully they can carry it right away with a couple of wins over the next couple of days. We'll see. I mean, look, there are there are major issues here. Like there are, you know, you, you are combining two centers, putting them together, hoping they have chemistry, adding a pretty ineffective winger to that duo. So are they going to be able to just come out of the gate right away. Nobody was that pleased about their play. Like, look, if you look how fans felt a mere one week ago, you know, it was, things were pretty dire. Sorry. So now what happens? We add in Bo Horvat, a center, remove Bavillier and Ratu, who was in the lineup. And then we're putting in some, you know, spare parts to try to fill in the bottom six. Like you said, Ross Johnson's going to be in there. So, you know, I, it's not like it's some guarantee. Like, how is the team going to look considerably different? Okay, they have somebody who can finish a little bit more on that line, but we don't know if that line's going to just look great right away. That would be a best case scenario. Then there is that small issue of keeping pucks out of our net. And fortunately, you know, we we only gave up one goal and one goal, but uh, this needs to you know, that needs to still trend in that direction because it's not like those teams were short for any chances to score. You had those tired uh, Red Wings. They shut the Red Wings out, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then then the one goal against Vegas, which, you know, if Varlamov doesn't make a couple crazy saves, but we we would like to see the team kind of – I mean, the main issue for me is still there. Uh, The Trotz's offense with Wade's defense, let's see, because the Islanders have won how many straight games – with two or three goals or less scored now, you know, and we'll see if this fixes that, but there have been some major issues plaguing them. And this really is that final 30 now to try to try to try to get it going. And uh, of course, one thing you didn't mention that's uh, been probably the biggest um, problem for the team throughout the year, of course, is the power play and uh, whether or not there's chemistry immediately with Barzell and not, and we'll see whether or not it's the two of them with Bailey. And, and if that sticks and only Josh Bailey can go, you know, demoted to the fourth line and right back up. And now he's playing with the new shiny uh, object. But um, you know, the fact of the power play, you know, they had Noah Dobson was back at practice power play quarterback uh, for the first group and have that one, three, one set up. And 
Um, you know, what Bo's really been good at is that that bumper roll in the middle of the ice because um, he does really a few different things well. Um, we wrote about this in the newsletter, in fact, that he has the most tip-in goals of anyone in the league um, and I think third in overall shots on goal in terms of tips. So, you know, Dobson does a really good job of getting the pucks on net. You know, part of the reason why he's able to score his goals and had 10, I think, this year is he put some pucks on net through traffic that you don't think would get there. Otherwise, you put, you know, Hovart there as well to, to maybe deflect those shots. And then you'll see whether or not they can move the puck in a way. We would hope with Barzell that he can set them up in that bumper position um, with some of the some of the potential triangular passing. It's tough because bumper position really re- relies on a ton of skill to be able to free that slot open because it, it is just it has to be that razor thin margin pass through that quick seam that has to be on the tape quick delivery and the people that he's had distributing the puck in vancouver are you know 100 point guy jt miller from last year and you're talking about like a world-class player in Pedersen, and then in unison that was one of those units that has elite level ability to move it quickly i do fear a little bit that because you know the bumper position is usually a finishing position that's like a guy in the middle tj oshi yeah brady you're gonna take if you're going to take away that pass to Ovechkin, there's going to be that quick in-between pass with that quick one-timer and a great release. And and JT Miller specifically was able to get that pass to him multiple times. But that 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 little seam there is almost predicated on the defense taking away other things on that power play. When you're looking at guys like having Pedersen, who just registered a 103-mile-per-hour slap shot in the hardest shot, and you know he's lingering on that right side, then people are going to be shading over to him. You have that little slot there in the seam or in the like uh that short pass in the it, like that the seam in between there where he's hanging in the high slot and he's blasting in those one timers yep exactly you know, this is it, it's not just a i mean this is just like the hockey strategist in me speaking it's not going to be i don't think it's going to be as easy for him to get those shots when he's going to be one of the primary <laughs> jesus christ when looking at that power play he is the primary option because they don't have great shooters mm-hmm. you know Dobson can get that puck to the net but other than that I mean that it's tough it's, it's going to be interesting we'll, we'll I mean see. it's definitely a strength of his and, and something that they're going to obviously try to do in that one three one setup and uh you know hopefully they get some opportunities and we can see whether or not it's finally something that's worth they are certainly certainly do um and uh listen where this team is you start adding a, a halfway decent average type power play with some better defense maybe that's all that takes you know, that's all that takes to win a lot more games than the way you've been going um, so far, um, the rest of the line is shaking up as, as expected. They're not going to play with the Nelson Lee and, and Palmieri line. That was a really good line, uh, since Palmieri has been back. So that will stay. It looks like Simon Holmstrom is, is back. So he'll play with, uh, Parisi and JG Paggio. And then at least for the time being, it's, uh, Zizekas back uh, to center with, uh, Matt Martin and Hudson Fashing still out indefinitely for Clutterbuck, but, you know, could certainly be in the same fate as Oliver Wallstrom and, and potentially be, be out for the season. So, you know, a lot to go um, and, and, and kind of look at next uh, over the next couple of games to see see how things shake out and whether or not the Islanders for the, really the first time this year could have some semblance of continuity in terms of these are the lines we roll out every single night because they have now, you know, without question, they've been in that, you know, blender, as they say, for Lane Lambert, especially the top line. And, uh, you know, I think people are going to balk out and roll their eyes with Josh Bailey. But, you know, we joked, I think we talked about it, maybe joked about it in the last show about that generic type of forward. Uh I guess right now, Lane Lambert feels he's the best position. Do you feel anyone else should should be in that spot? Yeah, there there are a multitude of players so, that I would but put there. At the sacrificing the of another is, line, obviously. 
okay, if you're sacrificing a checking line, fine, so be it. You're not, I mean, if you're giving an offensive line, if you're putting an offensive line out there that's putting major stress on the defensive pairings, then obviously that is of more importance to you than who's playing on Pajot and Palmieri's wing. You take, I would take any, either of those wingers off that line. Because the problem is Bailey, actually his turnovers and his flat-footed nature, he actually will take away from a line, unfortunately. And this is not me crapping on him. That's just what he is. So yeah, he's, no, I know. If, if he, from, from, and that's just from an offensive standpoint. If you're putting him on a def- defensive line and he's checking, there's only so much he's going to be able to take away offensively. But from an offensive standpoint, he's actually going to take away significantly from a line. But you have someone like Holmstrom, for example, who will put himself in a responsible position. He won't take away from the offensive flow. I mean, you've seen some of his abilities when given an opportunity offensively. You know he will just get it to those players. He will get it to them. He won't he won't be flat-footed. He won't just turn it over like a machine like Bailey has in the past. Or Parisi, who you know what you're going to get from him. You know he's going to be driving to the net. He will dish it out and head to high-danger areas. And he, he essentially will be like the Lee of that line, where he's obviously not as big, but he's creating ruckus in front of the net driving to the net, which opens lanes for other forwards. He's well-suited to be the third person on that. So we're, I mean, we're saying this and you're saying this and certainly other Islander fans are thinking it when those lines came out today. So, you know, why wouldn't Lane Lambert do that? Like, what's this is exactly just not Lane Lambert. It's Barry Trotz. It's, it's, it's a coach, coach after coach year after year where people trust Josh Bailey to be in these positions with their two, or at least their talent. It's not that we've seen them forced into We've seen them forced to admit their incorrect nature by virtue of injury. They were forced to put Casey Sezikis on the wing. It was the best we've seen Casey Sezikis look. But if somebody was relatively smart, they would have tinkered with that. They would have tried to, you know what, this isn't really working. Let's move Sezikis to the wing just for a short stretch and see what we get there. But no, only because of injury were you now forced to see something that if you had a little bit of creativity, a little bit of foresight, you wouldn't have been able to maneuver on your own. But you didn't. So I don't know why they they refuse to be creative. It's not like I don't understand what they're protecting. Their offense has well, been so dismal. It's been so lackluster. Well, it's if been, you're playing, as Paul Bizanet said, what did he uh, – what was his exact quote? Snooze fest or a snooze fest, yeah. he said. Yeah. He said, did well, not want to see what, them in the playoffs. What, the problem is that's what Islander fans said a week and a half ago. So I'm really having trouble getting We can call them boring. Just not. Oh, just not it's one of those that. type of things. Mm-hmm. So you're saying. Things. So I'm just <laughs> reporting on what you said and I'm getting. Now I'm going to get angry that you said the thing that we said. Okay. Just make But listen, angry. I understand Zizekas going back because now that uh, you, know, you traded Ratu and you're going to play. Um, Horvat with Barzell, you, you you need a center to center that fourth line. But I mean, the other question is, yeah, the, the wingers that are on the other two lines, are they better served playing with uh, with Barzell 100%. and Horvat as opposed to not? So again, why isn't it happening? I don't, that's the question. Well, like that, if everyone's well, thinking that, that, why? What's the what's the appeal of, of Bailey at that point? I was then? bringing up the smarter people than thing. us. I was bringing up the Sezikis thing to make the point as to stop looking for La- Lane Lambert has already admitted that I wasn't created enough, creative enough to think of that Sezikis on my own. Which yeah, but clearly, you don't need to be but, creative for this move. No, I mean, no, that, but you well, know, no, what, what it either... shows you is stop questioning. Stop saying they have some higher powers. They have some genius. No, they actually just don't. And they're doing what's easiest to them and what makes the most. It's almost like, all right, well, what will create the, the least amount of, um, kind of Friction. ripples internally. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, 
But it wouldn't really create that much friction if uh, it had Nelson, uh, Lee, and Bailey playing together. No, no, you do, I do agree. Line. I do agree. You have to keep that line together. Right, so you keep that line together. Play. So then the other choices are really, it's really about Parisi. You would put Parisi there as more of kind of the effort guy, the, you know, the more power forward type that can uh, get to the net, uh, you know, keep pucks alive, forecheck, et cetera. Yeah. And then you're and playing he has pa- finishing Pajot, ability. Barzell, and Holmstrom. I mean, oh, sorry, Bailey and Holmstrom. Parise has played a good amount with Matt Barzell. They True. did show a decent amount of chemistry. Yeah, he was playing with Wallstrom does, last year. With them. He does have speed. He is the kind of guy that will be able to, you know, g- distribute the puck, finish chances when they do come his way. He's not an absolute, like, you know, uh, zero finisher. Like, Bailey will just glide and defer. Barzell defers enough as it is. So it's like you really that line just comes down to a fast guy who's a great stick handler, prone to turnovers and passes, and then a slow guy who also turns it over and he isn't going to offer much in terms of speed. It's just it just bad it's just interesting considering the circumstances. You know that obviously Bailey has fallen off the cliff. It was happening last year. It really has happened uh, this year, and you know people are already trying to think that you know somehow some way they're going to get him off this roster next year. Um, to clear that $5 million uh, with only one year left in the contract as opposed to two, which it was this summer. And here he is given this opportunity uh, to play with these two guys and, and, and where we're all hoping for and have our fingers crossed that there is some immediate type of chemistry because that's going to be needed uh, for this team to really make some noise. I, I don't the think games, it's so. giving him an opportunity. I think it's them just scared. Well, we won these last two games. What can we do that messes with that lineup the least? Okay, let's keep also like a week chunk. ago now. That doesn't matter. I mean, this is a team that was losing left and right. So now that they've won two in a row, you want to keep as much of that lineup. There's only one line possible. scoring. I'm okay with that line, but again, we're talking about you know, could you flip flop Parisi? For, I'm putting for you inside their head. In their okay. head, they've won two in a row. I'm not going to change my socks. I'm not going to change the lines. I disagree, but that's what I think. And now, if if he sees after one period this isn't working and makes a quick sh- shift, fine. Then he just did that to start the game, and he'll adjust accordingly. If he yeah, doesn't we'll and it's not working out, yeah, we will see. Your boy uh, Hudson Fashion could be the wild card here. I know he was back yeah. skating, and if they want to insert him back in the lineup, they can, as they were when they when he was healthy, they were kind of moving him all around and. He's someone that might fit more easily on that third line if you were going to put Parisi up and then you kind of demote Bailey and he plays alongside, you know, Sezikis and Martin. Look, you got you that got two games too. of Bailey on the fourth line. You got two Islander wins and two. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. This has impact for you. Pockets. I forgot about that. Yeah. This is this is yeah, money out I have of your to put pocket it on now. Pause. Now I have to put it on pause. Oh, uh, now I understand why you're all upset and angry and hot and bothered. I'm not. I'm not all upset. It, I want the Islanders <laughs> to win as well, and I want them to sc- finally be able to score more than two goals in a game. And if mm-hmm. that's going to happen, I want the maximum chance of that, which means Bailey's not taking the first line and first line minutes that come with it. Guy was right. The guy was relegated to six minutes on even strength or whatever it was. Somebody put out there. That's the correct amount of time. He should be on that ice. A couple more, uh, just, um, notes on the Horvat contract. Um, so apparently there's a full no trade clause for the first four years. That's through 26, 27. And then it converts to a 16 team, no trade on July 1st, 2027. The Islanders also, made sure that the extension does not include any signing bonus, which Frank Saravelli wrote that is a rarity now with deals of that stature. I think that's to help it become potentially uh, easier to buy out um, later on. So it's a bit of a, 
caution, I guess, with having to go the eighth year, which, um, you know, if you caught Lou Lamorello's comment, it was tongue in cheek, but there was obviously truth around it about people asking him, you know, what, you know, trying to get the numbers out of him and he wouldn't report it uh, directly to the media. And he said, you know, too many years and too much money. And uh, he, he talked about, you know, not wanting to necessarily have to go that high, but that's what's required uh, in this day and age of hockey and, and what the market tells you. And uh, I guess some of those provisions are, are a way to protect the team down the road. We'll see if Lou at 86, 87, 88 is still pulling the strings at that point. But uh, if you're looking yeah. at the, why they structured it that way and put all the money um, with no signing bonus, uh, that that is probably the reason. Says the guy who signed Ilya Kovalchuk to a 25-year deal or whatever the <laughs> hell that was and made them change the rules because of him. Lost the pick too, I think. I mean, right? it's it's understandable. Like I, I get that. I get that mindset. Like I, I always tell I tell people this all the time. If you're gonna keep your stubborn, well, I'm not. Uh, that guy's not worth that much. This guy's not worth. Then you're actually never gonna sign a player. You'll never even re-sign your own players. It's impossible if you're unwilling to compete with the market. When you have other teams signing uh, Darnell Nurse for $9 million and you have other teams throwing buckets of cash, then you will never, ever get somebody. It's simple as that. If nobody's worth what you believe and you think everyone in the league is worth less than what they're getting, then you simply, if you were the GM, so you're the guy who's complaining about never having players, but you're unwilling to meet the market price for anybody. So right. that's And a lot of fans today, you know, trying to, poo-poo this a little bit. Oh, the Islanders cap space, what their cap situation is going to be in, you know, next year and the years after look at all these contracts, look at these guys making five, six, seven, now $8 million a year locked into these long-term contracts. The reality is for the New York Islanders, while, you know, we talked about it last week too, Lemerle has done a really good job of once he's either traded for someone or acquired for acquired them, he's been able to extend them and keep them if he wanted them here. Um, what the Islanders have still not shown the ability to do is to play in the free agent pool and get someone to pick them over another location. Um, so, you know, this deal cleared some salary with Bo, had Vancouver retain some salary, was able to offer that really important eighth year, and they didn't mess around. Maybe they came in, you know, under early on. Maybe they were looking for seven and a half or eight, and they said, no, it's going to take more than that. And they gave the sweetener. Um, you know, Horvat talked about how him and his wife were looking at Long Island. They were one of the top five destinations when they were talking about I, how true that is. I don't know. I guess so. Uh, certainly, the Islanders were a team that needed some offense, and you can make sense of that. But he still, you know, did not know a lot about the area. Still doesn't because he spent the last week in, in Florida. But you know, there's enough equity built in now. I guess with the culture and the arena, et cetera, that as long as all things are created equal, and the Islanders offer that that valued contract at the right money, someone will stay. And is that better than maybe some other teams have it? Maybe not. But that for the New York Islanders, that's a big deal that they can feel like if we make a really strong market offer, um, the other factors in our organization right now are not going to prevent or preclude that guy from signing. I mean, we'll see how it goes. We got to see how it goes um, with them. You know, many times you just, you look at the stats or something, you trade for someone. And, you know, I know for certain most people, the same way you've got on me for watching random devils games. I know people <laughs> are not that familiar with his game. So let's see, let's see how his game jives with the rest of the roster. And let's, uh, let's hope he can provide that catalyst that they've desperately needed for, for a little while now. Now, Lou said he was actually quite familiar with him, and he referenced the fact that he had scouted, or they, he said, we, you know, we've scouted him, I guess, when he was the um, Maple Leafs GM, maybe even earlier than that. 
um, possibly, right, when he was drafted, you know, that he was from um, the London OHL team, and, and they knew him from there, and they interviewed him back then. So he was saying there was some bit of a history there. So uh, we we shall see. Um, but um, this is an exciting time to be an Islander fan. It's going to be an exciting, interesting, if nothing else, next 30 games, and that's not something you would have said a week or so ago. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll give our thoughts on All-Star Weekend and a little bit more. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Andy Francis and Joe Bono. We'll be right back. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. We're back. Joe Bono, Andy Francis, Eyes on Isles podcast, Bo Horvat edition, extension edition. And of course, um, this past weekend um, was the NHL All-Star game and All-Star skills competition. And, um, you know, if the if Brock Nelson wasn't winning that uh, accuracy competition, I would have turned it off a lot earlier. Um, it's hard to... Uh, necessarily understand and follow what the NHL is trying to do with that because I'm ex- I'm expecting Andy that they're trying to attract young hockey fans um to to the game and I remember that when I was a young hockey fan all it took was the three or four main competitions and and Gary Thorne's voice and I was in <laughs> now they're dressing it up a whole lot more with a lot of gimmicks that attracted absolutely nothing. That was one of the worst con. That was one of the worst anything's I've ever seen. That was one of the most minimally entertaining, boring events. You want to talk about snooze fest? Well, at least if Bizonette's going to throw the aisles on that list, at least put the All Star Skills Competition in an All Star game r- right under that. I was uh, the particular the uh, the breakaway thing was Mitch Marner and Happy Gilmore stuff and then Ovechkin's kid and. And these long commercial breaks in between each one, and they kind of played them out over, you know, multiple hours. Uh, yeah, I think it was a, it was very cringeworthy. And again, the people that were commenting on it are, are diehard hockey fans already. So you would think they know uh, what they'd like to see. Um, and uh, again, who they think they're bringing in here by having, you know, the street profits as a celebrity judge from WWE and, uh, you know, Azarenka, the former Australian Open tennis winner. I thought you were going to be a judge since you're in Florida. They're going, and Mr. Andy Francis here is our celebrity judge for the uh, for many years. For many years, borderline decades now, the NHL marketing department has been clueless, and it's pretty remarkable that the game has actually slowly grown in the way that it has. And I know people tried to throw out that stat that it was like down X percent from last year, but don't remember how much it was up across the board once it joined ESPN from everything the year before that. But it's pretty remarkable that like, if you think when we were kids, all the good marketing that they had and people knew about random players, people knew the name Ray Bork, your average person knew Messier and all these names, Yager, Bore, the, the main people were known and they had all these commercials. There has literally been no proper NHL marketing I swear to you, since about 1999, 2000, I mean, there's so 
there's so few avenues. Same thing for baseball, by the way. I, I, I can't name you one baseball marketing campaign. I could probably only name you Trout and Bryce Harper outside of that and Judge. I, I couldn't name you a damn player on the Anaheim Angels other than Trout. I don't know who the hell's on Tony. Come on. Oh, Maybe two. I can't name you one guy on the Toronto Blue Jays. The last guy that I can name you was the guy who did the back bat flip Bautista. Yeah, Jose Bautista, that, yeah. That's how awful Excellent. that their marketing campaign is. And it's the same thing with the NHL. I don't get what they're doing. Um, honestly, I'm happy, though, because there's a reason my videos uh, on YouTube that are NHL-oriented are doing as well as they are because the NHL ain't giving it to them, so <laughs> I guess they have to come to me for them. It was uh, – yeah, I, and again, I just – I don't know what they're – you know, what in their research is saying that someone who's not watching hockey already is tuning into this to see this. I don't get it. Yeah. Right. You just kind to of see a happy Gilmore reference from a 1997 movie. Let's bring in kids. Let's bring in some Gen Z kids. I'm sure they'll know who happy Gilmore it's, and shooter McGavin are. You know, I think we talked about it. It's got to all just to be about, listen, people aren't going to be tuning in and watching this thing on a Friday night, but we want some viral moments that can go, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, on social media platforms True. And those be the things that people see and whatever else happened. I don't know. But for someone that was trying to watch the event for, for three shit hours, I thought actually the, I did actually enjoy the dunk, the dunk tank thing. Now, granted, you probably can't do that in Toronto next time uh, in February, yeah. but that I actually thought was quite fun. And that was kind of pre-programmed um, yeah. and, and taped, but it was like succinct and it was tight the way it was organized. Kind of yeah, like, I was watching like, a, yeah. like an ABC world wild of sports thing back growing up like on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Uh, that that one was fun. But beyond that, I think mean, the hardest shot, the accuracy competition, um, they used to do like the puck relay where you saw some real skill and the fastest skater. And that was great. Um, these What they've added, the goalie tandem, 10D thing, whatever. Uh, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Now, you, you put out a tweet during the All-Star competition, which blew my mind. Um, and I think it blew your mind too, is that when Allied Afraidy had the hardest shot in 1993, I think it was. He was, you know, with the bald head and the mullet, he was 27 years old. <laughs> Look, there's an epidemic going on. I've talked about this on my podcast. I've talked about this. Something happened. And my theory is that everybody thought in the year 2000, there was going to be Y2K where all the electronics shut off. But instead, an invisible lightning bolt hit this country that has slowed down the aging process. Because when you look at what a 27-year-old looked like in 1995, in 1985, it is remarkable. It is remarkable. When they showed the oldest QB to start a playoff game, Tom Brady, and the man he surpassed, who was the same age as him, I think his name was Tom Blanda or something. George if you want to Google yep. this guy, oh, yeah, George Yes, I was combining the two. George Blanda, do yourself a favor and Google this guy. He's bitter beer face personified. It is straight up from the bitter beer face commercials. If you even know what that is, now you're going to have to Google that. So first you got to Google Blanda. Then you got to Google Budweiser bitter beer face commercials. And then you'll realize what I'm talking about. But the crazy like if you look at zegris and hughes they look like hughes high school like boys baby. out there they I mean, look hughes like, is high like school. if i yeah, went and, if i went somewhere in town over here and there was like a kid that was in high school that was working a summer job as a bus boy 
I mean, I would say that's Jack Hughes. And he even had the pimples on his face. Like, he had the pimple face look from high school. <laughs> I swear where's the, you, where's I swear the OxyClean you. endorsement for Jack Hughes? So, what is going People on? People still use OxyClean. <laughs> what, even Oxy Sidney Crosby? He's like 35. He looks 23. He's great. Yeah, great hairline. He's got like, he's like Only Ovechkin. Only Ovechkin does it the right way. He looks like an old, retired Russian man in the woods. Right. He's got the got the gray salt and pepper thing going. Um it's remarkable. Yeah, that, that that was, I mean, yeah, and it's like that too. Like in the eighties, you look at these movies in the eighties with the hair and the mustaches and the women with the shoulder pad. I mean, definitely added age. No, to not just that. Look at the high school style. movies. Look at the movie Lucas with Corey. Oh, I know Marty Martin Sheen. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, you, oh, oh yeah. Well, who was Charlie Sheen's buddy who was on the team? It was Jeremy Piven, who was just fully bald, a fully bald man in senior <laughs> in high school. <laughs> And you look at these high school movies, them clapping for Lucas, all of them, the high school movies, they currently look older than me. I've been out of high school for decades, and I'm not kidding. They look older than the current me in those high school movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, so some, something's happened, I mean, man. I'm not kidding. Know. There's cream, and this ain't in, inje- it's not just injections and Hollywood and all this. Something's happened. Something's happened. Well, we got to look back at all these old NHL uh, skills competitions to maybe uh, compare and contrast uh, a little bit. But, you know, uh, but overall, I mean, great to see Brock Nelson. We talked about at the top of the show. Always awesome to see an Islander um, kind of win these events. It's happened a few times. Adrian O'Coin won hardest shot. Michael Grabner, fastest skater when he wasn't an all-star. You know, they just keep on changing the formats that year. You yeah, yeah we'll just drag in random people. Do it. He had a great year that year, 30-something goals. And, you know, I think he was a finalist for the Calder and then, uh, John Tavares uh, won the accurate shooter competition in 2016. Barzell um, stopping the uh, three-peat, I guess, for for Connor McDavid, knocking him off by you know hundreds of a second, which was really cool. And then obviously Brock Nelson. Um, when I when I was thinking about Michael Grabner this weekend about that moment at the fastest skater competition, that's what I was thinking. Man, the Islanders need a move like that. They where is their Jason Blake, Matt Molson? You know, Marius Tchaikovsky, Michael Gravener move. If this team can get a move like that, maybe something special can happen. But they really need that waiver pickup, fourth round pick trade, and the guy just goes off. It used to happen all the time. As bad as this team was, they never did anything. They were never a real contender. You never thought they'd be anything. They'd have these guys explode from nowhere. And Milbury well, and Garcia those, made these those are different. If you want to say we need a Grabner, Jason Blake type, that's considerably different than saying we need a Matt Mo. We have tons of Matt Mo. I'm talking Slow about guys. just getting the guy, getting the guy for nothing, and all of a sudden becomes a major part of your team on the cheap. You know, these are waiver pickups. You know, kind of under the radar trades, and you know that's four players and and not a long period of time that were all all-stars for, or all, you know, all-star caliber type players for the Islanders that all made a lot of money on the next contracts. And given what the cap situation may or may not be for this team, that unknown type of player that kind of just explodes and listen, maybe some something's happening at the prospect level with fifth round pick William DeFore, fifth round pick Matt, Matt DiMaggio, but that's years away. They need kind of that influx to happen now. 
Well, I think these things that you're saying, it's just kind of like you're a blanking, blanket statement over all of them. Marius Tchaikovsky played on bottom-dwelling teams where he, they were losing by four goals a game. He was getting tons of power play time, so he was able to eke out 30 goals. Jason Blake was a perennial fourth-liner who was on the team for a while, didn't come out. It's not like he came out of nowhere. He was on the roster for years, then had the random blow-up when given an opportunity, but albeit still in a losing kind of non-playoff they were team in the play they were in the playoffs on jason blake's years he scored 40 goals in 2007 i understand and when he was in the playoffs before that if you look at the earlier it was just that classic steve webb jason blake claude lapointe line he was a clear fourth liner for years then they elevated him he was another guy that toronto was dumb enough to give a contract to who regretted it same thing with Tchaikovsky. they signed him same thing with matt martin and it never ended up working out and that was the true litmus test to these exact players that you're talking about these random guys who come out of nowhere but then when you put them on a team that actually wants to compete and they're thrust into the competitive environments all of a sudden it doesn't work matt molson playing with an mvp level player in tavares at that time and he was just a clear he benefited from that the same way P.A. Parento paid, played with Brad him. Boys had nice years. Up. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I'm just yeah, saying, come on. if things are going to be tight, they look like they might be tight to try to improve the team. They need they need something, to kind of a little bit of lightning in the bottle. Um, somewhere, well, somewhat. Can you argue um, that was uh, your boy Fashing? Could be. I would love her to be Hudson Fashing. Um, and then I guess we'll kind of end on this. Andrew Gross did ask about the impact of this t- deal with Ilya Sorokin. Uh, coming up and Luke just said, you know, we'll deal with it at the time, but we'll make it work somehow. Um, so, you know, something to watch, especially when you consider, you know, whether or not Varlamov would come back on a, on a one-year deal on the cheap and what that number is going to be for Sorokin, because that's the next big, big domino uh, to fall at the eight, $9 million range. And, and yeah, you can look a couple of years out with some contracts, certainly the Bailey contract and then, you know, Nelson in two years and, and, and Pajot in a few years, but you know, that, that period in between, you know, how much are you going to be paying for your goaltending? Because they have really no one in the pipeline. I know you want to end that, but we got those two things we got to hit before, before we get out. Number one, your, uh, your, your people will will perturbed by your categorization of the Islander fan. Yeah. But before we get to that, you have to address, I mean, if everyone's loving that article of yours, then that means they will love to hear about it. I mean, it's should have been common knowledge before. Um, Just for eyes on eyes, I quickly I saw woke up in the morning and I saw that Butch Goring had had kind of chirped back at uh, Paul Bizanet for um, the clip where he was on TNT last Wednesday night intermission of a Sabres game, saying how much he wants a team like the Buffalo Sabres in the playoffs. He's like, I don't care if every Islander fan, everyone in Long Island hates my guts. Your team is boring. They're a snooze fest. They're a snooze fest. And Butch kind of came back basically being like, you know, what does this guy know? Who pays this guy to, you know, who pays to watch this guy speak type of thing? And uh, Bizonette pretty much came back with a uh, invite on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. So we'll see if Butch either saw the tweet or whether or not that could be around range. I think they probably would end up liking each other and having a pretty good conversation. But 100%. yeah, it's kind of, you know, kind of exploded in terms of, you know, for page views. If that's, you know, if anyone cares, it's. One of my more popular articles, um, but uh, okay, it was good. So but, then, you know, Butchie's you know, Butchie's a homer. That's we all know that he's a homer. That's not, this has nothing to do with Bush. I see. I see people. Brock Brock Nelson hits targets in a in a practice shooting competition, and then people are flexing. Yeah, how's that for boring? Yeah, well, I don't get it. Oh well, yeah, Butchie, not, yeah, Butcher Gross, kind of. Which you know, he's kind of tying no, it not into Butcher business. Gross. All the Islander fans are retweeting the the targets as if that somehow. But is even John Butcher Gross said it on the broadcast. He was I like, know "Who's, who's born?" I know he did, but that doesn't bother me. 
because that's also ESPN taking a quick side dig at their rival network. But I'm talking about the Islander fans using target fake target practice as an as an indicator of how they're actually playing i just want the islander fans to default to their own statements during last season the season before this season the main complaint about the team is there's no offense so how can they not understand at least Bizonette's perspective where if you look at how the sabers play it's wild it is wild they yeah. throw caution to the wind it doesn't matter if they're playing a great team like dallas they're sending everyone forward and you could understand why he wants wants to see that and then how many go how many goals have the islanders scored in like their last 10 any reasonable person, if you took the Western Conference version of the Islanders, nobody really wants to see the wild play. Nobody wants to see teams like that play. That's just the way it is. And I guess I don't understand why people would be angry at somebody essentially pointing out that is all their complaints rolled up into one sentence. He's championing <laughs> your complaints. That's my only issue with that. Right. And now, And now we'll see. Yes, we'll see. Now I we'll want see. to put you on that show. He, he, that show, I know people have different opinions about about those guys that host that show, but they did an amazing interview with Kyle. Lepo. If you just were, if you're just interested in kind of like Islander content related to that show, they did a fantastic interview with Kyle Laposo. Great stories, great stuff from his time, um, you know, being drafted by Garth Snow and and, and Tavares and uh, his view on Tavares leaving and, and that whole period. And uh, they had Zidane Chara in a couple of weeks ago and, and talked about his career and everything. Pretty pretty good. Well. Any show where you get real stuff and things not watered down is a good show. I don't care what you think about the people, the company, whatnot. They, the players who come in there and give real stories because they trust their former players that right. they're not going to screw them, take them out of context. And that's always something worth, worth listening to because they deserve that. They know as long as you don't screw people, take their quotes out of context context they're happy to do it i remember the jack eichel interview he's talking about how they screwed him with the surgery and stuff like that and then the fans booing him and whatnot when he wanted to stay all that stuff it's what you want to hear we always want like we're sick of getting these wishy-washy answer from the islanders through their media when you have a show that actually squeezes real answers out of people it's great i mean yeah i don't it's like i don't listen to howard stern you know it's howard stern-esque like you know i sometimes i'll go just go online and just find old howard stern interviews with people in the 90s early 2000s etc because he just they're vulnerable with him and they'll talk about anything and he's able to kind of get it out of them and these are people that are on press junkets and doing the same interview asking the same questions being answered the same questions um time and time again um yeah it has it has that that type of feel when they have good guys on so okay uh, yeah that was that but yeah, and then lastly, ahead. about wanna... the Islander fans, mm-hmm. I understand yeah. that I use the term carnies. I don't like the person who said rabid carnies. I said, oh, yeah, you did not. They're like, that they're, they're like rabid animals when it comes to firing people. Now, you also have to understand, I'm not saying it's me over here and then you over there. For God's sakes, they had to make a special about the level of carny I was on MSG. I was right in there with the ruckus, creating havoc. (laughs) I fully support showering the ice with beers on the last night of the Nassau Coliseum. But just know, like, we we are a fan base that all does say, yeah, we should litter the ice with beer for our final win at the Nassau Coliseum. And that is what I mean by a Carney fan base. I don't, I don't put myself past it. I obviously have had my 
ton of contributions. But, you know, the Islanders, more than other fan bases, you will come across articles like they threw beers at Dennis Potvin, you know, while he was calling a game for the Florida Panthers. You will, it's more often you're come across the, oh my God, what did they do? Than other fan bases. I don't mean it in a hateful manner. But it's Philly and New York City. It's the two Carney fan bases, and I like it because I don't want people coming into our building being all comfortable. Now, it's a little bit more difficult to make this Belmont, but, you know, one time I went to the Nassau Coliseum and I ordered a big order for all my friends back at the uh, back at our to bring back to our seats. They put it all in a upside down Budweiser box. That's what they gave me my food in. They took a Budweiser <laughs> beer box removed one side of it, turned it upside down, filled it with food, and handed it to me. That was my food at a legitimate competition, handed to me in a cardboard, ripped open Budweiser beer box. And if that's not a carny establishment, then I don't know what is. Getting your food in a large Budweiser box because apparently they didn't have anything on hand. So that's what I mean. It's not mean to be taken in a negative fashion, but we have to understand who we are out there. There's no and difference luckily, between Bo, the 300s Bo and Harbat 100s. Had, had not seen any of these articles, so uh, he doesn't know that, that he, what he's getting himself <laughs> what he's getting himself into. But he's he's feeling the love right now. People showing up with the 14 jerseys already to sign them. Congratulations to everyone that got early and, and bought that and got that stitched up. They 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 had they had the confidence that Lou was going to get it done, uh, and you should be able to wear number 14 uh, for the next uh, eight eight years and 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 30 games uh, hopefully uh, with the New York Islanders. So. Anything else? You good? You got that off your chest? You feel, yeah, you feel well, like you'll be understood I, now? I don't care, but I actually don't want the listeners to feel like it's me versus them. Um, a lot of look, everyone is fully open to hate me. I do not mind. I'm not one of these people who needs, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not Jerry, Jerry. So how can anybody not like him? I fully understand because when, you know, when you speak your mind and you're not really worried, that's what comes along with. There's not going to be big fan. You are rooting for the Islanders to succeed. I am rooting for the Islanders to succeed, but sometimes we go different paths about it. Sometimes, you know, you want to, you know, attack, but I'm just like, you know, uh, um, I'm like Achilles on the side, just nodding my head saying, I wouldn't do it like that. But we're, we are on the same side. That is true. And we'll all be watching this week. A big week it is. Uh, Islanders with four games probably before the next time we talk t- tonight, Monday night, uh, probably when you're listening to this against the Flyers and back home for uh, the debut of Bo Horvat uh, in an Islander jersey at UBS Arena. Um, on Tuesday, and then the Canucks. So right away, he's going to face his a former team on Thursday at UBS Arena, and then the Islanders are up in Montreal to take on the Canadians on Saturday. So that'll do it for this edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. For Mr. Andy Francis, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time on this country. Good night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.